Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Um, This is episode 35 and today is one of our sober stories with appropriately named sober story, uh, Megan, who's a friend of ours from Instagram pages. Um, And uh, we're delighted for Megan to be here to talk to us about her alcohol-free journey and what she's up to uh, these days. So normally we check in with each other, but we'll just check in with Megan today. So hi, Megan, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. There's a massive storm going on outside. So if I kind of go off somewhere, it's because I'm trying to rescue furniture from blowing away or something. So... And you, Kate, you right? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. We've um, we've already done a pod this morning, haven't we? So um, it's just, we are pods champions. Today. We are, yeah, we are. It's going for busy, the pod busy, hat busy. trick. Pardon? I said busy, busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we're really, really pleased because we've had a couple of technical issues trying to um, so trying to record Megan in the past and so we're hoping that this is like third time lucky are we Megan yeah <laughs> yeah so, oh god I don't, we'll find out of things to talk about otherwise <laughs> no never no never. <laughs> um so I mean we'll we'll start by by you know checking in and sort of saying about the beginning of your kind of alcohol-free journey and and really I suppose the questions are when did you stop and what was the kind of key was there a key point that led to you deciding to stop drinking so I my last day drinking was the 24th of March last year so um yeah so it's been just over a year for me actually congratulations um which yeah it's gonna say quick I can't quite believe how quick it was but um I think there wasn't really kind of a pivotal moment for me um it was more a build-up of um yeah just feeling awful for a long long time and I'd done a few stints so in 2016 I did three months of no drinking um but then each time I would kind of do a spell of no drinking I'd go back and it'd be even worse than before and just couldn't ever moderate you know I'd always tell myself ah, oh, you know just one glass of wine and that would never happen so um I'd had at the end of 2017 I'd had a really stressful time um with family my dad almost died and it was just yeah I'd been reaching for the wine a lot more than I had been um and at the start of 2018, it was just getting so bad. Um, I was really, really struggling just kind of to get through the day to day, was super impatient with my kids. Just it was massively affecting um, everyone in my life. So um, it was actually the night of my friend's 30th birthday, um, the night, the final night drinking. And I'd kind of been you know, I kind of used that as my, my last day. And, um, I'd seen at the time there was Sober Spring going on, um, with Catherine Gray and I signed up to that and yeah, sort of went from there, which 
that really, really helped um, having a community, you know, having a WhatsApp group of people to chat to about the whole process. And we were all in the same boat, so it made it feel a lot less lonely. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been just over a year now. And so did you start your Instagram at the same time? Because obviously, you know, you've got, I mean, you're quite, you've got quite a following on Instagram. Was that part yeah. of the... I, I don't know. It was actually, it was a couple of months after. So the first few months, I think I was just trying to adjust to everything. Um, and I think it was like May, kind of end of May time that I started the Instagram. Because also the other thing was I, I wasn't really sure about how public I should be about mm. it. And um but especially with people in my personal life, I, I didn't really want to have to explain myself. And, you know, I guess there was a lot of feelings of shame around it as well. But um, I knew how helpful it had been for me to see other Instagram accounts. Um, so, I, yeah, I set it up and um, I think it was, yeah, I, I, it kind of just took off a little bit. And it's, um, I, I think, yeah, I've been really lucky in that I've had, a lot of support in that respect um but everyone's just been so lovely and I think it's helped me massively just to be able to be completely honest and open about my experiences um and I get messages quite frequently from people saying you know how much it's helped them and you know how much they can relate to my story so I know that it's it's doing good um yeah so that sort of keeps me going with it yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because at the beginnings, there is so many elements of shame and so much kind of uh, fear to be found out, you know, um, and found out what you're doing and what people will be thinking about you. And then, you know, what happens when you do actually speak openly is like it's received with so much kind of grace and and gratefulness that I guess it helps Absolutely. to keep you going, really, doesn't it? Well, and also... I was surprised at quite, you know, the volume of people who are experiencing the same thing. So I've had messages from lots of people I don't know, but also from people that I do know um, who have said that they're struggling with similar issues. So I know that it's made me feel a lot less alone in it, um, definitely. And I can only hope that it does the same for them. Yeah, I really like what you say about that. And I... I it is it's it's like once we start speaking about it it it's like you shine a light on it don't you and then you're like oh me too I feel like that too and then suddenly it's not it doesn't feel like a shameful thing it just feels like well you know let's let's help each other or let you know how do we do this I don't know it, it really I don't know changes it all um but I was gonna yeah, ask you I guess I Sorry, I was going to yeah. just say about, you know, that one of the, uh, I, I've often wondered, like, how single parents cope, really, uh, you know, because I know you, we talk quite a lot on here about parenting being, being just a tough time and with the mum sort of wine culture and us being marketed at and it being very normalised. And I was wondering if you could kind of tell us a bit about your sort of coping strategies are maybe what you found difficult and what you find motivating as a single parent doing sobriety so 
I think my kids were the kind of the main catalyst for me um, in stopping drinking because I could just see the negative impact that it was having on them. And um, I think I'd felt quite lonely and really quite sad for a long, long time. I don't think I'd really processed, you know, the breakup that had happened with their dad. And I guess a lot of feelings around that, you know, having to accept that my life didn't look like I thought it was going to look. And, you know, I guess I, I felt quite resentful and angry because I felt like, you know, I'd been forced into this situation that I didn't really want to be in. And I think a lot of my drinking stemmed from those feelings. Um, you know, I think it was making everything so much harder though, because, you know, I would drink to sort of take the edge off the day as it were. And, you know, I, I could never just have one glass that, you know, it was, multiple glasses of wine and then I'd wake up tired and feeling even worse and having even less energy even less patience and so it just became this horrible cycle and I guess you know it just that's one thing that has changed completely I don't wake up in the morning and dread you know the start of the day I'm not thinking oh god I've got to get the kids ready and do the school run um so in terms of coping mechanisms just that on its own has been dramatic just cutting booze out of the picture just has made such a massive difference um also I think I'm a lot more sensitive to how my kids feel I think because I was so overwhelmed with my own feelings before I often found theirs quite difficult to deal with um which often made them sort of shout louder and um that you know I've seen a change in them as well you know they they are definitely calmer um our relationships have improved massively so yeah I'm not kind of doing anything you know really special or you know anything crazy to um to be able to cope with it I just think I'm just better able to deal with everything that's going on in my life because I haven't got alcohol in it because I've got more energy and patience it is just yeah it's transformed my awesome my relationship with my kids well yeah, you say you know not... I found really inspirational about you and and sort of seeing your watching your journey is that kind of bond that you have with your kids and the things you do with them at the weekends and just you know that understanding that it has benefited them and you massively you know and it's so important message for people um for mums you know because it's 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 hard work and we think that sort of drinking alcohol is our treat or is something that is helping us to deal with managing that stress and it's doing the absolute opposite so I think you're a real good sort of inspiration for that definitely and I was just gonna say um you know (laughs) just a little nod to that you know you said oh I'm not doing anything special but I think you're doing something astonishing you know like all sober heroes like soap stories it's like we've we all had those reasons to drink if we'd wanted to and it's 
hard to break patterns and to go against the norm so i'd just like to say actually you are doing something very special and being someone very special (laughs) oh yeah so what and have you found sorry go on mandy no no you carry on so well i was just going to say kind of what tips would you give to people kind of to to anyone really to um, but especially i guess to parents um who are starting out with sobriety what would be in your kind of top tips and toolkit kind of thing i am um, i think for me the evenings were always like the most difficult you know i used to you know i couldn't wait for them to get into bed and i'd pour a glass of wine and then i'd have that me time and i think it's really important to still have you time but to figure out other things that help you relax so generally in the evenings now I I drink an obscene amount of herbal tea Um, (laughs) so quite often I'll have a tea and then I'll have a bath and I, I spend the evening really trying to relax rather than just you know putting something on the telly and um yeah drowning myself in a bottle of wine um because I think you spend so much time taking care of your kids and you know you're constantly rushing around doing a million and one things that actually you really need to figure out what to do to take care of yourself and so Mm. that's different for everyone um for me I'm I'm quite organized so and I like tick lists and I've found an app which is really, really good in terms of setting up a routine. Um, It's called Fabulous and it's been developed by behavioural psychologists. And it's really brilliant just in terms of making sure you stick to a routine. And it's really simple things. So the first challenge that they get you started on is putting a bottle of water next to your bed and having a drink of water the first, you know, that's the first thing you do when you wake up. Part of that, I also do meditation a couple of times a day. And that has been amazing in terms of being able to deal with stress. Um, I journal every day now. So all of these things are now in my toolkit, which just seem to help life flow that little bit easier. And it's Mm. not that life is easier. It's just that I feel better equipped to deal with everything. I'm not you know, life's still stressful. There's still, you know, really difficult emotional things that happen, but it doesn't seem to knock me so hard Mm. now because I'm taking my, you know, taking care of myself in all these, you know, it's lots of little ways. Yeah. I mean, you, you have had some really tough times recently and, um, that's all power to you that you, you know, that you have sort of built this strong, or we call it like a strong scaffolding, you know to support you through that so and Kate and I have been talking about that you know a lot recently that you know sobriety is the anchor you know it's that that anchor that keeps us connected to our well-being Mm. no matter what shit Mm. (laughs) yeah whatever shit's thrown at us you know Mm. um which is which is amazing and um I mean why did you you said that you um you did sober spring and you you decided to sort of be open to help people um what do you think the biggest thing of personal growth that you've noticed since you've been sober I mean what's the thing that you've um oh god I think it's 
just you know my life doesn't look dramatically different um you know I'm before you know I would say I was I was functioning really well in terms of work and the rest of it but um just my frame of mind with things I'm I feel just so much stronger I don't feel like my life is chaotic my emotions don't drive every single decision that I make I think I was just overwhelmed with my feelings before and just but negative feelings specifically and that so much of that has shifted um since I stopped drinking I've also been doing um therapy since January and that's really really helped me as well um so I would say it's definitely my mindset just Mm. my approach to everything I don't I'm not just constantly reacting um from a place of stress um I can see things just so much clearer now and you know like you know we said all these things still happen but I I don't feel like I'm in the center of the chaos um I can you know I'm I'm watching it from the side now I'm I'm not stuck in the middle of it and feeling like everything's chaotic and you know just the level of anxiety that I had you know just before I stopped drinking it just it dominated everything Mm. and it it just doesn't feel like that anymore. So I think, you know, the biggest shift has definitely been internally. Um, mm. You know, everything yeah. else in my life has improved as a result of how I feel. Yeah, well, we I'm... were talking, um, um, sorry, I just, we were talking at the workshop about um, with Jolene and you were there that this kind of, you know, does the mind, we, we believe that the mind um, leads the body but actually it's the body that leads the mind and actually I mean you're quite um an advocate I mean you do a lot of sport you eat really well you're a vegan so I I guess those things you know are are part of this mindset too you know that you you support your mind with the way you live so have you always been have you always been a vegan or is that quite new no I'm well, that I stopped eating meat when I left home. So I've been veggie, vegan, um, you know, occasionally we'll have a bit of dairy. But um, I think, oh God, since I was 18. So that's been a long time. Um, but yeah, the sports stuff, I guess when I was a teenager, I was really sporty. And then I discovered boys and alcohol and then all of that went by the wayside and then I kind of I rediscovered um a love for exercise I would say sort of four or five years ago when um the relationship ended and I was looking to build up my confidence a bit and um yeah but I, I never while I was drinking I never found that I kind of did it more as um trying to fix what I was doing to my body in other ways it wasn't you know it I don't know it's a very different thing now now I'm you know I I think it really helps me you know quite often if I you know if I'm not feeling great I'll go have a workout and after it, I just feel amazing um and also there is for me you know the when I feel physically strong it helps me feel mentally strong as well and I know I, I push myself physically and I think that definitely helps um, in terms of my frame of mind as well. 
Because you do quite a lot of weights and strength work, don't you? Because uh, one of my best friends, she she's found that that's been massively transformative for her because yeah. she's always been very slim and very petite, um, you know, but felt physically weak. And now she, you know, she's not like muscly or whatever, but she feels physically strong. And that's, as you say, really helped her feel stronger in her mind, you know. Yeah, so. I, I just I really like pushing myself um, physically. So I'm always up for trying new things at the gym. And I'm really lucky at my gym. They they offer everything pretty much. So, um, yeah, and I love the variety as well. And, yeah, the people at my gym are really brilliant as well. So I feel part of a community there, which mm. which really helps me. I think, you know, there was a lot of that that was really lacking in my life before Um I was freelancing, so quite often was working from home alone. You know, sometimes during the week, you know, the only other people I would speak to really would be the kids. And, you know, it just made me feel really lonely. I didn't feel like I was a part of anything. And so now, you know, I've built these communities around me that really help keep me in check. You know, as I've got the gym, I've got, you know, the online sober community. It's, um, and I love it. It, it. it really, really helps me. I think um, it's interesting what I'm taking as like my biggest takeaway from what you're saying is is like that quote the sum of our successes is hidden in our daily routines or the secret of our success is hidden in our daily routines and it's like you said these kind of small um, sustained efforts that you do every day like me if it's drinking a glass of water it's a bit of meditating it's like this it, it's kind of maintenance isn't it this kind of having a maintenance program to keep your emotional resilience in check almost definitely I think it is definitely all about the little things mm. um also because they're they're easy to do they're manageable you can mm. you know you can fit in drinking a glass of water in the morning that's mm. not a difficult task but you know if you were to ask someone you know I don't know. Oh, you've got to train for a marathon or, you know, you've got to do X, Y, Z thing to feel amazing. It's, it's such a big ask, you know? So actually if you break it down into lots of little things, it's completely manageable and literally anyone can do it. Mm. So I think that for me is, you know, it's not, there's not this secret formula. There's not, you know, there's no expensive potions or tablets that you need to take you know for everyone to be able to feel better you know you have to be looking after yourself in lots of little ways and mm. most of them free that's the thing you know going for a walk outside it's free drinking water costs next to nothing you know it, it self-care and wellness isn't this you know it's not hot yoga it's not unobtainable it's, yeah yeah mm. you know it's completely accessible for everyone um so I think that that's the important thing for me is that I'm not doing anything that other people couldn't do either and I think that's really inspirational coming Mm. from you know a single mum who's got what you've got a full-time job as well so Um, (laughs) yeah and then you're fitting in and you know and you're finding ways and strategies I think like what I I was going to say we should do like a challenge do the free self-care challenge so all of the self-care things that don't cost any money do you yeah. know what I mean? And maybe and yeah. the five minute self care fix is like, because I remember someone talking to me about mindfulness, and I used to get really annoyed about mindfulness and go, ah, bloody mindfulness! I hate mindfulness. 
And then I realised that, like, my mindfulness... Very open-minded of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I I was working with a coach, and she was, like, saying, look, you can just... You don't have to do it all in one go. You could, like, just take breaks, take five breaks during the day, sit in the garden, like, have a cup of tea, and just literally experience that cup of tea and sit in the garden. And that transformed it for me, because I was like, that those those little things kept me from reaching my trigger because it was like constant mm. little steps of maintenance and they were all well that's what acts. people say about um about smoking you know when you smoke like you are actually sort of having a mindful moment you sit you like take time out you and it's allowed to do that, you know, like mm. I used to leave work all the time to like go and have fag. I'm just going for a cigarette break. Yeah. And I'd be doing that and se- just... four, seven, eight breathing. Doesn't that, yeah. that mirror the four, seven, eight breathing, which ironically yeah. is the thing that, that kicks in your parasympathetic yeah, nervous system. Yeah, so, you know, if you, if you do it without take a fag, that model with, without a fag, <laughs> yeah, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, if you take those times out, because I used to use that mm. as when I was working sort of, marking and I'd have 150 you know exam papers to mark and I would take breaks for cigarette breaks you know mm-hmm. and then I then when I stopped smoking I didn't do that anymore until I realized that I was entitled to take a break mm-hmm. and just recenter and have a moment you know to think about something else before going back into the workplace mm-hmm. so yeah little little breaks and little efforts um, yeah build up to big things so megan what are you up to at the moment have you got anything that you're doing any sober initiatives or your blog yeah yeah so i am oh the blog's a bit quiet at the moment it's just the time to fit it Mm. in um but i am involved with a new challenge isn't the right word more of a movement um it's quite similar to sober spring um but it's a different time of the year and it's um called a thousand hours dry so the idea is that people commit to a thousand hours of no drinking which i think works out at like 41 days something like that um so it is from the 1st of may um and i think it goes through to the 11th of july uh, sorry june 11th so may 1st june 11th um and yeah so there's a group of us on instagram i think gosh i think there's sort of six or seven of us um involved with it now as part of that we're going to be trying to do um meetups so there's only a couple of us from the uk involved so it's you and Um, holly isn't it holly uh sober sister sister yeah yeah Yeah, so i think we're planning on doing something in brighton so Mm. we are yeah we're in the planning stages still um but yeah the other meetups are happening um in the states um kind of all over so yeah there's that so we're posting kind of daily inspiration tips um we're also we've got a massive whatsapp group chat which i can't keep up with but um <laughs> i dip in and out of um yeah it's just giving that that support yeah. and you know just being there as you know people to you know who've been there done that and um 
Yeah, because mm. I know how much it helped me, especially right at the beginning. You know, the first couple of weeks is really hard. And sometimes you just need to say to someone, oh, my God, this is, you know, this feels impossible. And, you know, mm. but actually, once you've told someone, you know, you can chat about it, you feel better. So mm. um, the Instagram is a thousand hours dry and it's really easy to sign up, just follow it. And we can, um, if you DM the uh, the account we send you all the details so yeah so Brilliant. it's um it's getting yeah it's gaining some traction so yeah mm. it, it's it's quite nice there's there's lots of people signed up already and yeah I'm getting lots of messages through already um yeah people wanting to join in asking for support so I think that's going to keep me busy for um yeah so we're coming to the end but um we always finish with um a tip of the day and then a reason to love sober so if you could tell us your tip of the day so my tip of the day definitely is um to start your day by drinking water it sounds so silly but it's really helped me I think just that first act of doing something positive for yourself um and it's easy to do and it's free so stick a bottle of water a glass of water by your bed and drink that when you wake up that would be my tip of the day um and then reason to love sober well I don't think there's any reason not to love being sober (laughs) I love that amen sister so yeah, um, yeah there, there's really no downsides. It has honestly been only positives for me. So yeah. Oh, well, that's wicked, and you're a really good inspiration to people. So thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah. it's great to yeah have you have you as part of our community. Yeah, thank so. you, Megan. Lovely to speak well, to thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you so much. And we'll definitely look out. I'll look out for your the thousand hours dry, and I'd love to meet up. So um, yeah. I should be watching your space carefully. Yeah, we'll put all the um, all the details in the notes for mm, people so they can absolutely. find what's going on. Okay, so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, um, alcohol concern or alcohol change, have um, a lot of information for local agencies of support. Um, obviously, there's so many online communities now. There's um, and so Bristers actually has a. Uh, anonymous confidential ask the doctor service um but you know just whatever it is just reach out um and i hope we're kind of helping to show and people like megan um you know showing uh, by sharing her story so generously on instagram even when she was like fledgling baby sobriety um it you know shows there's a lot of pe- lot of us out there and a lot of people who have gone through similar or the same things and um you know there's a lot of support there so do reach out okay and we'll have see you next week for more chat bye bye